<laughs> All right, let's get started, shall we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Well, we certainly want to uh, greet David and Mark in Canada. In Canada. A. A. And uh, I'm assuming Tom from uh, Myrtle Beach, but he hasn't written or called me in some time. And not that I'm feeling uh, put off, but uh, love to hear from you, Tom. That's great. And uh, I think that uh, I feel. The Minion Man. Speak and it shall be so. Is it Greg? Yep. Tis Greg. He's Tis number Greg. 10. Minion the Minion Man, man has arrived. Let's go. Sorry, I was not talking to Chicago. I know, we do. Hey, Greg. How's it going? For those of you who did not hear, my son in law is going to be having a man We expect an amazing circumcision. Amazing That's right. I hear he's going to be 10 feet tall. I've already started practicing. On himself. If you hear. <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, your third child. Yeah. Uh, third child. Uh, yes. yeah. And a man. Also. Amen. Amen. Yeah. For what we saw last night, if it's a woman, there's going to be some issues. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I agree. Yeah. Talmud covers you. Yeah. Well, it tells you what to do, but it doesn't really cover you. <laughs> the essence of the trait of Tahara is that a person not allow any room for the Yetzer to enter into his actions. So let's go around the room just real quick. Uh, no pressure, but how did you feel? Of course, if you didn't read these two chapters, 16 and 17 on purity, um, then, you know, decline to respond. It, unless you happen to be an expert like Taylor on purity, then, then of course you can it speak. Seminary. There it is, yeah. <laughs> Purely intellectual. So, what, what, was, what was your thought on, on these two chapters? I'll open this up so that you don't feel awkward. Red pants, nice. Bowling shoes, good. Um, <laughs> Only get my socks, bro. I thought... I thought, I, I feel like Joshua did last week. I just, it's not like they went over the line. It's just that I felt like, okay, I may have been aspiring to several of these levels and still do and look to see them in my life. But this is just, a little bit more than I think I'm personally ready for right now. And the idea of foregoing some of the pleasures of this world that I believe God put in place for us not to draw us away seems to be perhaps a little over the top. But I respect those that would Make this step and move forward. What did you think? Before, and um, I did not have an opportunity to read this. What sort of things, was this like the parachute chapter where it's like, even though this is permitted, you still shouldn't do it? I like that, yes. Now that was good. But no, this is beyond that. Okay. Um, we're looking specifically for things that uh, are permitted. Okay. But because of their perhaps pleasurable nature, 
we should try and desist, not not avoid them, because some of them are commandments. Um, but we should uh, try and perform these acts with as little involvement as possible, if I, I think I put it, so that we might not be drawn away, not, potentially. Not as little involvement, but as a little pleasure. As a little pleasure. Personal yeah. pleasure. Yeah, well, personal pleasure. Yeah, everything for the sake of time. I think Joshua was Yeah, next. I was going to say, the focus of the whole thing is trying to get all of your motivation for everything you do to be about performing the mitzvah for the pleasure of God. So in other words, you don't actually end up doing... So in other words, it's like that. If you ever heard the story or the the the, uh, the uh, parable, you don't eat, you don't say the bracha so you can eat the apple. You eat the apple so you can say the bracha. Exactly you know, that kind of concept. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, if you do that um, with all of the actions that are mitzvot, that would inherently imply that you would try your very best to eliminate any, especially any actions, and then also any additional pleasure that you derive right, from right, right. The, of those actions that are not misvoked. Yep. So it's like your life is solely, strictly about pleasing and doing the will of God and if you're, and the, I don't know if I understand or even quite agree with the idea that you can't derive pleasure from it. I don't know if I see that in the scripture, but having said that, I think that what made this chapter most helpful or interesting to me was getting to step, like a step back because I'm like you, I'm not there to say like, okay, so I don't want to have pleasure eating my steak and drinking my wine because that would distract from serving God and eating. So I'm at more of the place where I was thinking, well, how can I apply this to my life? And I saw it much more focused on the mitzvot that I am doing and focusing in on like, okay, so what's my motivation for Torah study? What's my motivation for prayer? What's my motivation for for teaching? Anyway. Good, good, I liked it. Others that read it and are are good. Okay. Well, I... Just, uh, yeah, that's, that's... was well said, well spoken, because that was sort of what I got out of it as well. Thinking <laughs> this, this was like a step further than where I thought last week was just such a huge step. Last week was over the top. Yeah, and then this was even further than that. Just yeah. like making sure that every yeah. every ounce of any type of evil motivation, strictly not even action, was strictly focused. Laser focus. And I was trying to reconcile that idea with. The idea of the divine sparks, mm-hmm. which is a cool idea, because it's basically like everything in this world has a little bit of something divine, and our job is to elevate it, right. essentially. Right. And so I was trying to like reconcile both, and it helped to think about it in that context. Instead of thinking you don't derive any pleasure from it, it's like you don't derive pleasure from a worldly perspective. You're deriving like the pleasure of serving Hashem from right. whatever it is. Right. So it's and not that the steak and wine is giving you pleasure. Right. It's, it's Hashem. You're delighting in Hashem and as you enjoy the steak and wine. So and it's like, it's not the opposite, which is you never have pleasure in anything. It's yeah. just all of your pleasure is properly the source. Properly focused to the, f- the to the source. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, to, to tag on to that, there's some really neat blessings if you guys look in the Siddur. Um, for for specific instances absolutely of, mm-hmm. like okay there's this beautiful thing here yeah. that i just rainbows this, it, beautiful yeah. woman yeah exactly yeah. or thunderstorms. a tree or something like that. there's there's some beautiful the blessings that okay you don't know what the steak you're going to eat taste is going to taste like you don't know what you know you don't have control over everything that comes into your life but you can look for hashem in all of it and that's and and i think that's what those blessings take into account mm-hmm. and and so that's it's really good to know those so that on a, at the drop of a hat, wow, that was simply amazing. Baruch and, and then know the blessing Amen. for and, it. And I think that's a good encouragement for us. I mean, if there's anybody in this community, if there's anybody in the city by that, I mean, who should know the blessings when you see a rainbow, when you see a beautiful woman, when you see an ugly woman, you know, and go on and on. A temple ruin and so forth. Six hundred thousand Jews together in the same. Yeah, place at you the know, same time. we we are the ones that should know. Amen. All right. So good, good review. Let's move forward. I have a really cool opportunity every time I pass the intersection of Providence Road and Fifty One to say the blessing for where uh, like a life saving miracle occurred. So I, I I get that. Give it. Give it up. I have to yeah. say, I, I think my favorite quote possibly from this entire book was in this chapter, talking about the guy who does mitzvot for his own uh, honor and wealth and deceives everyone. Um, they says it were better had he been smothered in his placenta. 
That's 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 harsh. I just got to that's, say that's a little over the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. was harsh. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, I think that um, I do have to say the one thing about this chapter that's wrong. Like I said, I don't. I'm with you. I'm not there on everything. Yeah. But definitely when it comes to the mitzvot, some things that stood out to me from this chapter, they he had a really interesting perspective on Proverbs three six, um, because in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I have to admit, having quoted that verse, I used to have it on my wall yeah. in my parents' house. And I know the verse by heart, but it was his, always kind of confusing. His perspective. What does it really mean? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Are you thinking about God all the time? Is it like you're constantly thanking God for things? Is it just doing it the right way, and that's acknowledging God by how you do everything? I don't know. But So his perspective was everything you do is with the intent of serving God. Amen. And it's like, well, that's an interesting perspective. It was a different one. Um, and it did remind me, again, I don't know if I would, how far I would take it or how, if I would necessarily like try to remove pleasure from the equation per se but um it reminded me of that verse in uh the pauline uh letters where he says you know in all that you do whether you eat and drink do all to the glory of the lord yeah um so there definitely is at least some something to be said for maybe like trying to find like you were saying those divine sparks trying to find opportunities for blessings and putting that more into like my mundane life yeah exactly and Again, don't misunderstand me, as, as we tried not to misunderstand your original comments last week. I'm not saying I disagree with him. I'm just saying I know for a fact I'm not here yet. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Because I want to grow. And if I only get to the middle of the book and someone actually... It would be a problem if I was hoping that someone would eventually call me at Sadiq. That's a problem <laughs> from the second half of the book. So never, never mind that. I get it. We'll move on. Gregory. Speaking of verses that he gave a totally new light on, the verse that we hear quoted so often regarding Torah keeping is Isaiah 64, 5, <laughs> you know, where your righteousness is filthy rags without, you know, you, a, a full faith and belief in Yeshua, like it doesn't even matter. You shouldn't even bother keeping That's right. the Torah. At That's all. right. Forget about but it. I, I mean, he really. I feel like his inter his context and interpretation of that is spot on yeah. in regard to having a very very deceitful and awful type of motivation for keeping the mitzvot. I mean, to to lead people astray. That's why you're keeping the mitzvot. Yeah. Of course, yeah. that's a yeah. filthy bags. <laughs> so anyway, that that was a real eye opener and a cool explanation yeah. of that particular. And, and, and if anything, we're, we're getting new perspectives on old mm -hmm. verses that we're very, very, not only familiar with, but comfortable with. I was going to say, the, the, the way I was taught this, this chapter is it is one of the hardest to get. That's why it's towards the back. Yeah. But that um, they, it should not be interpreted as you d deny yourself pleasure in the world. And in fact, that's not a Jewish idea at all. That's a very middle middle age Christian idea. Mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. Sure, the floggings right? and yeah, and it's funny because the, the the Jewish mindset is to find nuance because the hedonistic world is to maximize pleasure, where the other side of the world of the coin, whatever, is to minimize pleasure to yeah. make some sort of penitence on yourself. The asceticism, right? And and, and to, just to kind of echo the the amount of pleasures that I think in chapter seventeen where he talks a lot about you know despising the worldliness and the the earthliness. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think that's actually synonymous with pleasures in general. I think he's talking about those earthly, worldly pleasures. Because in, in, in chapter 16, he mentions a lot about the, the physical desires, which yeah. are supposed to be incorporated into uh, Torah observance and to keeping a, a mitzvah um, and, and taking the pleasures and inserting them there. Because that's, that's where they're truly beautiful. Right. So, I, yeah, so if um, all I have to say, it's not, it has nothing to do with not enjoying or not, not finding pleasure. Yeah, agreed. And, and, I think that a, a good mirror to your point is that many of the sages that your dad and I are trying to read the biographies of were happy men. You, the pictures we see, the descriptions are, are ones of joy. They were joyful men. They, it, they weren't, you know, the monks back in the 16th century who were beating their backs and, and bleeding for the sake of the kingdom or something like that. They... Um, they had joy in their lives. Okay, so <clears throat> as we move through this, uh, uh, I'm on uh, page 310. 
this phenomenon of spiritual actions affected by improper intentions, I think uh, somebody on the couch mentioned, is the concept referred to as performing a mitzvah not for its own sake. Um, it, you have to have it on? No, he just asked me to turn it on. Who did? I see. Okay. <laughs> it does cause the folks that are watching, but you know what? It's okay because they won't be able to see a very clear visage of Colby, and that's not a problem. No, 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 leave it on. Leave it on. It's fine. Reforming a mitzvah, a mitzvah not for its own sake, and that in Hebrew, shlo lishma, which is mentioned many times by our sages of blessed memory. So what? what's the concept there? Help me understand performing a mitzvah not for its own sake, besides you, because you already touched on it. Well, there's other comments. Yeah. Well, there's the idea that, okay, well, if I do this... If I do this mitzvah, then God will bless me. Good. It's the idea that some, you're looking for something. There's some. Ulterior, I want to get something out. Some ulterior motive, other than just for the sake of a, uh, a yehud or a, a unification, yeah. or, or or for doing it that for just its own sake. Okay. What was the other one? There were two reasons. One was that so that um, other people would praise you. Exactly right. So you get praise out of it. Look at this guy. He's up on his birthday, cooking food for the poor. Mm-hmm. What a mensch. And, and, and you see that a lot in, in Jewish customs. Mensch. Like, Are you not familiar with mensch? Excuse me one second. No, this is good. But you don't know? No. I don't know either. Oh. Mensch is a Yiddish term, and it's, it's, a, it's a man who keeps the mitzvot, and he's an honorable, upright, godly man. He's a mensch. Good, uh, good Jewish boy. He's a good Jewish boy. So, so the word great to be a C H. The word wench is not wench and mensch rhyme, but one is in English and one is not a male wench. That's right. That's right. It's not the masculine. Masculine wench. Yeah. Okay. So good. It's not the masculine. Did you have something? Yeah, it's gone. We lost with mensch. Sorry. Sorry, Peter. Sorry. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Shua says that let those um, shine like bravin so others will see your good works and glorify your father. Exactly. Heaven. Same kind of thing. This is the problem that we're doing it uh, for that reason, primarily, or that we're doing it so that we'll get reward. Right? We want to hide that thing, God will reward. And that's the deal. Go ahead. Classic Yeshua quote. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom. Which okay. caused his Talmudim to get apoplectic. They lengthened their seat seat and mm-hmm. broadened their phylacteries. Make long they're, prayers. Oh, yeah, they're, lo- they're noticed in public. It's actually, it's, uh, and a lot of Jewish customs, when, when you're doing a mitzvah, like for example, when you're tying uh, seat seat, for, for example, every time you make a, a knot, you're supposed to say, say the, the, the blessings. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see that a lot with other things like Pretor dressing or like Passover where people that break the bread sometimes will say the Shem Mitzvah or Pesach or something yeah. like that. So that's a, another common thing here. Yeah. It's the idea that there's a, something I just heard about recently that before performing a mitzvah, um, the one that immediately comes to mind is the Bir Chachamazon. It's like, behold, I'm pre- uh, prepared and ready to perform the, the, the mitzvah of Bir Chachamazon. Um, but it's I, I read something recently that talks about how we should state openly that this is specifically our intention for performing right. this because we want our intention to exactly. I think I'm reminded uh, in light of that of Pesach after Pete, Peter and I would do the search for the leaven remember the, the blessing out of the sitter you know let this mitzvah be. If there's any, if there's any that I missed, that's not my problem. I did my best to find it all. And anything in here, pfft, it's not really what it's all about. I did this specifically for the sake of Hashem and to be obedient to the command. Well, and even in, in the morning lessons we do every day, we allude, allude to that very fact. You know, with um, when you put on the seat to praise, like mm-hmm. made made the uh, yeah. fact that I'm putting this on made it. All the That's right. Adjacent mitzvot. Yeah. If I miss something, cut me slack, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I thought this yeah. took that. Sorry. I was going to say I thought this took it to an interesting level. Um, 
the little description they have of Hananiah ben Teradian's daughter. Teradian, yeah. Um, because I think that I think for the most she watched. She watched her steps after. Right. Said, I think for the look how she walks. I think most for the mo- I think I would like to say that like on our good days, we do pretty good probably of doing things generally for the right reason. You yeah. might have some bad, yeah. some slip ups, but for yeah. the most part, it's like you want to do it, but not to be showing off or whatever else. But this one was such an interesting perspective to say that like, um, because somebody notices you, you try harder to do the right thing. Essentially, it kind of goes back to what I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, or a month ago, maybe now, uh, about the idea that like you take that, you absorb that blessing, uh, that that um, that praise, praise, and you receive that to yourself. And so it's like it's not just not taking insults to heart, but to not even take praise, praise to, heart. to heart, right? Because now the reason your motivation has been tainted, mm. right? I, I get that, I get that. Um, I was moved by that particular story. Mm-hmm. That don't do I do that? You know, I'm 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 singing the blessings on on uh, on on a Shabbat where I get to do the kazaning, and somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, "Wow, love to hear you sing that that whatever song or whatever blessing it was." What does that do? Mm-hmm. You know, does that spread a net from my feet? Wait, I've heard that somewhere. Right, and 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 this was really interesting to me also. But what I, what I wanted, uh, what I thought was, I don't think this is the same thing as what we say all the time, which is it's easier to uh, keep the Torah in a community mm-hmm. of, of black-minded mm-hmm. men. So, right. it, it, a lot of times we, you know, just you know because we're trying to do the same thing and we're all together a lot, yeah. we inspire each other to do things that we haven't done before. Right, and I, I think. We need or establish to, habits we haven't had in our lives. Exactly, and I, and I think um, we need to be careful, at least with this, so that we don't think that they're the same. Because one thing we do is something, receive praise for it, and now it's like, oh, I should pay more attention to it, or rather, see someone else doing something. They're very similar. Yeah, you see, I get you. I, I think I get you. The the one the uh, the inspiring the new habits or the, the new things is, is really good, and yeah. is what was the Torah was made yeah, for. Exactly. This is equally good, but. Not to yeah, I, motivation versus response, right? Um, I get it, and, and I, I hear where you're coming from. Um, I, what, what are you shaking your head at? What? Oh, that was yawn. No, it was, yeah. <laughs> but it was a respect for you. Um, He's been practicing his Hindi. It's, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's a good point, though. Um, respectful bef- Before you go, I... I uh, is a young man in our in our group, and his wife wrote uh, to my wife and I this week to just say, you know what? I've, I've seen my husband. We we used to argue a lot. We don't argue anymore. I've watched the man grow. Just just by being in the community, by being held accountable, by being praised for doing right rather than berated for his faith. So I, I get the difference. And, and, I, and I, I say this to encourage you men that you're affecting the lives of other men for the good. I just don't think there could be a better reason for living in community but to see other men step up and join the fray. Amen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where the head up? I just... Colby, just Colby. Colby, I think. Recalling the author earlier in the book, yeah. where he states there's like three levels of, of observance. Mm-hmm. So the first one is fear of Hashem, fear of punishment. The second one is for a reward. So, so your right. house isn't smaller than, you, than your friends. And then the last part is kind of where he's at here, where it's for the sake of heaven. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he has a problem with doing things selfishly as long as you realize it's not where you're at yeah. um, and that there's room to grow. Because I strictly prayed this morning to, to make sure I could get one up on Brock because um, we were doing this like competition yeah. right now. And did the Lord help like, you with that? He's totally not beating me. I'm yeah. praying. So yeah. Yeah. That's totally helped. There was a little bit of love for a show. But it was mostly strictly for a very selfish reason. Good, good. But, but God but loves you anyway. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Well, I was going to say that's an excellent point, and again, it's, it's a fantastically Jewish point too. That, that, that we all beat Brock. 
Exactly. It's in the there it is. There it is. In the, the Midrash. In the Midrash. I realize the way it opened in, in, in Hebrew it says, Saharahi tikkun halev machshavot. Purity is tikkun, fixing, repairing the heart and your thoughts. But every time you hear tikkun, you always have to think of a personal tikkun. That's the cool thing is that you know you got ten people in this room. There's ten different heart issues or thought issues, and none of them are going to be the same or identical. Right. So when you see you know when the chapter is about purity, um, I think far too often we just kind of throw it in a bucket of what purity is. But right. for each individual, far away, exactly, yeah. they've got their own edges to smooth out, and yeah. that's where you focus on because that's the the struggle of a person mm-hmm. is to get that personal tikkun. Because that's that's just that's the meat of, of the issue sure. for you as an individual. Sure. And then and, and I just I love what what that, the point that, that Colby said, which is the Jewish concept of fake it till you make it. Type Amen. Thing. Yeah. I mean, if uh, if I understand the sages, if we each are doing tikkun on ourselves, we are doing tikkun for the world itself. Right. If we all do tikkun on ourselves, tikkun for the world has happened. And then you. Um, one of the things I thought that also this this chapter really um, took a positive swing for me. I think when I got towards towards the end of it, and he says um, he, he he starts describing the idea of like what you're just describing, where your motives are, are conflicted. You got some good, you got some bad, you got some selfish, you got some for the sake of heaven, and it's kind of like it's a mishmash. And um, he notes that. Um, he, he first off he basically slams that and says that means it's not pure <laughs> not pure it's not perfect you have work to do but I love the fact that he follows it up and says that I am not suggesting that anything which does not come up to the standard will be completely rejected for the holy one blessed be he does not withhold the reward of any yes. creature but rewards good deeds in accordance with their worth so I like the idea that like it I don't know, it seems kind of inspiring to say, yeah. okay, so everything I'm doing right now, if it's not perfect, it's not worthless. It's not trash. Right, to say that, like, you you have room to grow, Amen. and you have room to build, Amen. and it's okay in a sense. Not really okay, but it's like, it's okay to be here now as long as you're trying to get there later. Amen. Good. Gregory? Yeah, what you said about, like, everyone having a different tacoon reminded me of that analogy of sifting through the flour. Yeah. He talks about that, yeah. Yeah, was he, it 30 it was it some odd times? It was 13 sieves 13 that you go through. And it's interesting when you think about there being so many because really each of us might have, each one might be a different thing, you know, but it's, we're all trying to like conquer the same amount of evil. Like everybody all has the same amount to overcome. It's just a matter of like which ones are more hard, at which points in our lives do we yeah. conquer certain things. Yeah. So it's all we're all trying to reach that purified state, but yeah, it's it's interesting that each of us have like our own personal tikkun to try to That's go right. through all of those sins. Which is why the path of Musar is said to be different for every man, because we all have different sins, we all have different things to sift through. David said it well when he said, "Create within me a clean heart. heart." Yeah, that's right. What is primary to us should be that the heart of a person be pure. To focus with his heart on true service of Hashem. Good, good, good. All right, so in chapter 17, he actually gives us the way to acquire the purity. The method is to constantly train one's view on the lowliness of the physical world and its pleasures. To remember that this isn't what it's about. We're just in the vestibule. We're in the narthex waiting for the door to open to the banquet hall. Narthex? Yeah. Presbyterians. Oh, we Baptists have narthex. Baptist, 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 some Baptists. Baptist. Not Southern Baptists. Baptist. <laughs> Baptist. Okay. Yeah. It's apparently. Okay. It's like the. It's It's the vestibule. It's the short room where you walk in. It's raining. You come into this short room. That's where the preacher stands. It's where the preacher stands. You can shake his hand on the way out. See? See, there it is. That's it. Right? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I just never knew what it was called. I never knew what it was. I never knew what it was. I liked in this chapter where he talked about what I thought Peter was talking about two weeks ago. Where Peter made it clear that 
the thing that all of these sages talk about, including Ramkal, that most of the world today never deals with is solitude, is quietness, is being alone and meditating. And he went through that same thing again. Before we perform a mitzvah, we should not enter into that performance suddenly. He talks about the sages who would wait an hour before prayer. I just need to think about the fact that I'm getting ready to pray. So, I want you to know that the one thing that I am doing in my life to help me prepare for each mitzvah is an action. And the action right now, to be perfectly blunt, is not to wait an hour. Is not to contemplate on it for an hour. But rather, to take the example of my brothers so that before I eat my meal, I will perform the netalat yadayim. I will wash my hands. Before I pray, I will do the same. Before I do the blessing, I want to make sure that everyone understands what we're doing and why and so forth. So what are you doing to step up to this? And what will you incorporate over the next couple of weeks in order to not enter into the performance of a mitzvah too quickly. I think one thing that I struggle with at work is not wanting anybody to notice when I do things out of the ordinary. Like when I go to pray, I just kind of tuck my book away. And like if I ever wash my hands at work, because I'm in like the public kitchen, I'm so weird about it. It's gotta be like the most awkward thing ever for everybody else around me. Cause I'm walking up with this little cup, and, yeah. it up, and I'm just kind of like, and then I just go to wash my hands. And I'm like saying the blessing, like as I'm doing. It. So it's just all very rapid fire. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, maybe like not good motivation would be like, well, I don't want to look like, you know, some of the other religions. Where I just bow my head to pray, so I'll just say like a quick bracha, yeah, and just go on my way. But it's like, well, I mean, that's definitely not right, I suppose. So that's something that, as a result of your comments, I definitely will just say, you know, whatever they want to think. think. Slow down. That's right. But, Who cares, right? Um, I want to encourage you that while it's, I think, a blessing to do the bracha in Hebrew. In a public setting, I always find that it gives me opportunity to share my faith or to introduce myself or to be introduced to another fellow believer or curious one if I do it in English. Because then I'm not doing anything that could be confused with Islam. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's really where I'm at. I want to say, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, you know, who sanctifies us with his commandments and has commanded us to wash our hands. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Actually, I don't see anything wrong with what you're doing, though. What do you mean? I'll second that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would... I, I, and I, I'm not trying to imply that anything's wrong. Well, I mean, I'm stepping like, to your no, point. If you want to make it like a land last a little longer. Like, because I'm doing it quickly, I'm so mindful on what other people are thinking while they're looking at me. Yeah, which means that you get you lose three mitzvah points every time you wash your hands. Well, I, I think I know what John's saying though. I don't think it's so much that you do it quickly. It's it's a, the reason you're doing it quickly. Yeah. So yeah. if you're doing it quickly, but you're not really thinking about what people think, then do it at whatever speed you want it to. Be. Sure. That even was helped me with davening. Is even if it's just three seconds before you get to the um, Amida prayer or something like that, and. Before, uh, because you got the you, once you get into a rhythm, you're just plowing down and yeah. <laughs> get to a certain point where this is this is it. It's, it's, it's just I think that's even the whole like Hashem chip type of talk with the Lord over my lips. I'm not the that the whole thing right there. You're supposed to just chill. That's that's like your beginning phrase. Take take your deep breath, clear your mind, and then and you're ready. Even as simple as that, right? it just has a profound mm-hmm. impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Good. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. Others? Yes. What, what was that? What was that? 
I saw that hand. We all saw that hand. Yeah. It's that new facial hair. Yeah. How long is that beard? I started trimming yesterday. Three days. Five days? But I was just going to mention because one of the biggest things I did just a couple days ago was stop walking when I do a breath test. Because I would do that to save time Mm -hmm. or to save face so that it wouldn't look like I was just standing outside the bathroom saying a blessing kind of thing. But if you just, and if you don't move when you say a blessing, then it's almost like yeah, cool. it's still in the room. Good point. That's good. Because it, it says Shulchan Aruch not to do anything while you're saying a bracha. Right. Yeah. I don't know if walking counts. So eliminate all distractions. I, I try not to walk. Yeah. Driving counts. I, I can do that right now. Driving. Yeah, eliminate distractions. Stop driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that we're uh, in, in Yaakov, it's a collection of different uh, stories from yeah. the Talmud. They've got um, one story where um, <laughs> they, they mention the fact that you're supposed to set your intention to fast the day before. Because um, it's actually a prayer. If you really yeah, believe that, there's a little section at the right. end that's like if you're going to pray the afternoon before your fast, you put this little section right, in. Right, right, right. And then there's another section you pray in the afternoon of your fast. And the story, of course, is about some poor guy who gets told by his rabbi the morning of, yeah, we're fasting today. We're fasting today. Like, oh! What? Well, um, no prep time. But so, but like that, I thought that was so cool because I don't know like what kind of background you guys have, but um, like especially when I was overseas and surrounded a lot more by charismatic Christians, I feel like it's like fasting is like the ultimate like holy thing to do sometimes, and it seems like almost like every and the answer to everything is fast. It's like oh so and so is sick, I'm going to fast over that. You know I don't uh, we don't know what to do about this, I'm going to fast about that. You know, it's like, and so it's like, you just snap, snap, snap. I'm going to fast about that. And it's like, for, for me, I felt like it was so hard sometimes to think. Cause it's like, I didn't prepare for this. I didn't plan to do this. I don't really want to do this. And then all of a sudden, this pressure, like, oh, maybe I should fast about that. And the idea... <laughs> maybe I should fast about fasting. Yeah. And so, like, the idea was... But like, do it fast. What I loved about this concept is it's, like, it's so intentional. Yes. Like, you planned the day before. Yeah. Like, this is a big enough issue. It's serious enough yeah. that I am going to fast about it so that I can focus on Hashem mm-hmm. for this point, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And... I really, I thought that was so beautiful because it tries to take it out of like a guilt trip thing or a, or a rush thing yeah. or because other people are doing it thing. Right. It's an and intentional, make it personal. personal thing. Absolutely. Good. Taylor. One thing about fasting, Judaism discourages personal fasts uh, for many reasons. And I read this either in the Shulchan Aruch or in Enyaho. Uh, I know, it gets tough when you I get too remember. many books going. Yeah. That's okay, I guess. Huh? That's okay that you forgot. So just comb, comb through both those volumes and you'll find it. said it was in you. Uh, you know what? It was probably you in You read all of me, <laughs> not Yakov. It must be in the show down the room. Uh, actually, no doubt, in no in doubt volume five. Yeah. No, volume one. Okay, so... Um, don't do personal fast. Instead of that, what you ought to do is if you decide to do some kind of personal fast, refrain from speaking for that same period of time. Ooh. Um, because the personal fast, uh, I think it is the Shulchan because it's, it seriously discourages uh, pushing away permitted things. Uh, I know there's a balance between some yeah. of the chapters in yeah. here and what Shulchan Aruch says. But it says don't be monk-like. Don't be like an ascetic. Uh, which, which Ram Kahl said too. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Ram Kahl brought the example of a, the, the Nazarene who, because he refrains from wine, is called a sinner. Um, so even though what he's doing is commanded by God to refrain from wine, grapes, or even vine, vineyards, he's still a sinner because of that. So he has to bring this offering. Likewise, if you refrain from things which are permitted, you're a sinner, and you need to atone for that. So instead of accepting a personal fast upon yourself of food, do it of silence. Nice. I like it. Wait, so you don't say anything all day? Yeah, Correct. If you were just to willy-nilly be like, I need to do a fast today, you should discourage that and say, I'll, I'll be silent today. In the, uh, in the Everyday Holiness book, the whole chapter on silence, he brings up... Tell your wife first. <laughs> as well, about like, typically going through like a, a daily, like a day fast of speech yeah. and how important that is. Yeah. Pretty powerful. Did he have a vision? Of your voice? <laughs> In that case, can you bring out your iPad or a piece of paper to? Uh, Can't speak. Are you Sorry. allowed to? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't read that part. But how do you pray? I mean, you are you do prayers? 
you can hop into that. That's why I'm, I'm convinced it's a show kind of because I was just like, do this <laughs> next time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> it's gone. Mm. Yes. The factors that detract from the attainment of tahara or purity are number one, lack of contemplation regarding the topics that he's mentioned. You just haven't thought about it. Two, oh, and the foolishness, right, about the lowliness of worldly pleasures. It's just foolish, right? Two, the pursuit of honor. Johnny mentioned that earlier. And three, insufficient preparation for the acts of divine service, which is what we've been talking about. So, how many of you are feeling encouraged to step up, hunker down, and be better? Praise God. So it's it's not discouraging to read the book, whether or not you or I feel like we're at a point where we're in chapter 17 or we're still back in chapter two. Three. You know, two. Whatever it may be. Well, it, it's like it's like going to shoot with you. I'm not discouraged by the fact that I can't hit the bullseye as many times as you can. Or the target. Or the target. But I see you do it, and I'm inspired to do the same. God bless you. That's very encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do with this? (laughs) One of his points in chapter 17 is about pride. Yes. And uh, and, you know just the falseness of pride and its deceits and everything. And it and he had this quote. Train yourself to flee from pride. Mm. I wanted to, to get a little more clarification on that. What, ah. How how would you do that? Like, how, what what does that look like in your opinion? Well, I I can certainly kick off the discussion by saying that one of the things that he brought up was not looking to do a mitzvah for the praise of others, right? I, I want to do the mitzvah. Because it's a mitzvah, you know, and I try and do that uh, in certain ways, helping each one of you in any way that I can. But I'm not going to stand up here and say what I've done, and I don't expect you to say what I've done. You know, I, I want to minister to you, and I want to help you in your walk with Messiah. If that means we go to the range together, or that means I get you a tallit, or that means I buy you a... a a Torah or whatever it may be. A Torah That would be nice. <laughs> While you're offering. Yeah. You know. I would feel ministry, please. You know, that's, <laughs> I, I think, one, one of the things that we, we should be doing is, again, you, you know, we talked about those three things that detract. Mm-hmm. But boy, that second one there, that we're not doing stuff for the praise of men. We're doing the mitzvah for the sake of heaven. We're doing it to draw closer to him. We're, and we're doing it for our relationship. With him, not necessarily with you, you know. So that's that would be my first point. How do we kick the pride? Go. So, not to try and color things with too many questions, but dovetailing off of Greg's question, I would say a motivation that's really difficult for for me in struggling with is not so much necessarily the always the praise about others, and that can sometimes be a problem. Yeah. It's more like a self praise. It's like I feel better about myself when I do certain activities. And so it's like, I feel like that would be like almost sort of like a, a subset of okay. that concept. Okay. And that's also difficult to kick. It is, but on, on, on the other hand, I do think you need some self-motivation. And to get self-motivation, you, you have to be able to count the cost. We're told to do that. And to say, okay, you know, there's 597 rungs on this ladder. Whew. Rung number two, go team. You know, I don't think it's a problem unless it's starting to affect us outwardly. But I, I do think that the motivation needs to come from somewhere. He's saying that the primary motivation for our act should be love of Hashem right. and, and closeness with Him. But how do you internally deal with that? you gotta, you got to measure those steps. Okay, one more step. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that step. One thing Pete said... Um... I don't know if it was here, if it was on the Shabbat or what, but um, he recommended that if you're struggling with the love of Hashem, 
you should focus on how much Hashem loves you. Right. That was such a brilliant Flip it. Um, yeah. thought because I have to say, like, especially if you've been praying any of these prayers for very long, it becomes very hard very quickly to do them for the love of Hashem mm-hmm. because they get you get used to saying them and you might do them out of guilt, you might do them out of habit, but whatever. But like yeah. to focus it is not easy. And so I really like the idea of trying to like you praise God because I you know, I think that's when the Hasidic movement really yeah. recognizes the problem. It's right. like you lose you, the joy. You, you lose your joy, but more importantly it's like everything becomes mechanical. Yeah. And even though we should not be driven by emotions, I feel like emotions are really helpful in helping you have the right motivation. It also helps to spend an hour before you start to pray. It was an incomplete service for that. Yeah. I do want to suggest on that same note with with the potentially mechanical prayers, switch sitters. <laughs> you know, I just switched back to the... Uh, Center. Or Center. Yeah, okay. I haven't started that one yet. I'm waiting for somebody to get me that for Christmas. Um, the Orot sitter that uh, your father bought me, it, the wording is so just different. <laughs> also, learn it's the just, learn tunes. Like it's just, well, I, I, I'm not up to tunes yet. Get to, to help me, okay? So, but learn the words first. If you, yeah, <laughs> if you mess with it and just change even the English enough to where you can get that rhythm and bam! Now it's like, Wait, that's not what it says. Wait, you know, it, changing that wording does help. But what are we doing? More attention to the prayers. Right? It makes okay. you focus directly on the words you're saying right. rather than Kavanaugh. just doing it. Yeah, exactly. it Where was it? Yeah. Just, just building on the, even if you're not doing something for the Hashem, don't stop doing it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you're always going to be up, you're always going to be yeah. down. It's kind of like dieting yeah. by the fact that if, as long as you're doing it, that's the point. Yeah, even if you're mad, if you're legitimately mad, at God for whatever particular reason, don't stop Amen. praying. Don't that's stop true. Doing whatever it is. That's um, good. That and then to back to Greg's point about the pride thing, because I think that's kind of uh, there's. I heard a cool teaching one time that almost every sin is real, is at its core is the issue of pride, because mm-hmm. it all comes down to self worth mm-hmm. and, and and trying to give yourself kudos for something. Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways, I think that is kind of my personal tikkun as well. And um, to and you, you had asked like, how do you kind of combat the, those thoughts because yeah, he says like train yourself basically yeah. 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 to flee from pride and it's like so clearly he has something in mind when he says train yourself to do this but like I just was curious of what people thought that meant because I've always struggled with that balance between like confidence and pride yeah. because I've you know, so like, but confidence is, is like a positive trait. How do you deal with like what pride does and like what confidence does? You know, so I, anyway. I, I, I question if, if we follow some of the steps that he's given us, can you really not analyze everything you're doing mm. well, to the nits, you know, the nat's knees to see my motivation here was not for love of Hashem. It was for the praise of others. That's what I was actually wondering. Was was this is is pride in, in the way that he's describing this purely like a, a, a motivation behind what you do, not well, necessarily. He, he made it clear there were three motivations, and we need to look at those for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's that's helpful. I was going to take a different angle from the the pride point of um, of like getting recognition, but the pride point of getting frustrated when somebody like at work is not responding to you in the way that you think they should be or is not doing the action that you think they should be. I think for me personally, it's funny after reading, um, I can't remember which chapter it was, but the pride, but um, after reading that, now it feels like every email I read, I have to go back and reread and make sure I'm not being prideful in the way I'm trying to direct or rebut. Good for you. It's, but it's annoying though. Cause now I'm thinking, of course it is. Am I being emotional and prideful or is this... Justified. Yeah. Praise God. All right, before you and you go, I, I'm, I'm reminded of a Christian sage who said that there were three fundamental down-low sins that were the root of all evil. One was pride, one was gluttony, and one was lust. Maybe true. Don't know. I've got to see a Jew say it. And you're next. A who? A Jew. 
It's got to be louder so that these guys here hey, can hear. Where's your beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck Norris. I actually thought about that. <laughs> I was listening to Teaching the Other Day, and Bye, the guy said, Ishtora, some guy, and the guy said, I'm a Jew, so we play three times a day. Um, so you may have a problem with that, because we say the same thing all three times. But I come home, and I say I love you to my wife. Every time. It's the same three words. Yeah! <laughs> And she never seems to have any problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's anyway, so good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. All right, final comments on purity. Um, there's a song, I, I think, that sometimes, <laughs> at least in the uh, Messianic circles like this, I think sometimes there's a, uh, we can neglect, well, actually, we can neglect, neglect Jewish music. Because um, I know, like, on, on, on Saturdays, it's not, it's not a thing. But there is a tremendous, um, uh, you know, nachas um, and strength you can get from listening to music. There's a song about uh, most of concepts called um, Bilvavli. And if you just YouTube that, after reading one of these chapters or after completing the book, just listen to that Nusach over and over again. And the, the translation is really cool, but it ends... How do you say what do you, What's it called? Bil... B I L Vavi V A V I, Bill Vavi, mm-hmm. and and um and in English it says this: I will build a tabernacle in my heart to glory, uh, to to the glory of His honor, and I will place an, an altar in the in the tabernacle of my heart dedicated to the, the rays of, uh, of of splendor for Him, and for the eternal flame I will take upon myself the fire that fueled the binding of Isaac, and as the sacrifice I will offer. To him, my soul, that is my animal soul. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Um, but it, it, uh, just w- when, once you listen to that and you can remember the tune, that's, that's given me a lot of help as well. And just, just driving somewhere, and to, it kind of p- punches your pride a little bit. Can, like, you, wow. can you send me a link to that? Sure, yeah. And then I'll post it along with a, a review of this lesson. Definitely. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, I'm reminded of uh, uh, Rabbi Joshua Heschel, Abraham Joshua Heschel, and uh, his his book on uh, on the Sabbath, and that God had created a tabernacle mm. in time, and uh, to to create a a yeah. tabernacle and within us. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. cool. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, one of the one of my closing one of my I guess a closing thought regarding the pride issue. There's some really neat stuff. In, if you haven't read the Letter of the Ages recently, yeah. I'd encourage everyone to look back at that because the idea is that nothing for which we falsely let me let me check my words correctly. Nothing for which we feel pride over which we feel pride is because of anything we did. Any blessing, any gift that we have, any ability that we have, none of those things are because of something we did. The glory is always to Hashem. Hashem. The glory is always to Hashem. And so, if you're going to feel pride, let it be for Hashem, not because, oh wow, I got this amazing promotion, I now make this much money. There's always going to be someone who makes more money. Look at this. I'm, I just finished first place in the hundred yard hundred yard dash or whatever. You know, there's always going to be a faster runner. It's it's the idea that there's these things over which we feel pride, and 
Ramchal addresses that that being one of the things of this world is fleeting. It's, it's of little value. It's worthless. So let it always be focused on Hashem mm-hmm. rather than the paucity, as one of the prayers on the uh, Siddur puts it, on the paucity of our own hands or accomplishments. We can deflect that praise. Final and, comment. Um, one of the things that Pete said is, uh, once, uh, I love quoting Pete. He's got the quotes. Um, he's got one of the things he mentioned that he read from, uh, I think it was Nachman, uh, regarding the, the red heifer and how, like, if you're the red heifer, both cleanses and defiles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're feeling really low in the dumps, you're seeing yourself really struggling, you just read Mesel at Yisharim and you're kicking yourself. You know, that's a good time to, like, see the good things that you've done in your life, to, to realize that you're not hopeless and that you're not going to burn in hell now and that kind of thing, and to, so that, to be inspired to do more. On the flip side of that, like, if you're really, if you're, do, if you're doing well, if you're refining yourself, if you're growing, that's a good time to, like, take, stop, take a stop and take a look at, like, where you're not doing so well, to really, like, focus on, like, the negative sense. And I remember from a, there's a quote, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think it's from the Letter of the Ages. Um, there's a, uh, one of the commentary on it. Um, it's like talking about if you feel a sense of pride, he's like, consider your beginning from a putrid drop and your end, worm and maggots. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> there it is. If it wasn't Nachman, it should have been. <laughs> All right. Leia. Nehemiah says he can't make it, but he loves and misses all you guys. He got caught in traffic and he's figured he'd turn back around. That is sad, but uh, praise God that he knew we were here. Yeah. And he was thinking of me. So um, I'm going to uh, close by asking you guys for some prayer. Um, my wife and I are, uh, are, are trying to. Uh, be more observant of the Shabbat and uh, we're reading through the Shulchan Aruch uh, to learn those areas of the Sabbath that we are uh, for which we are unaware and uh, I'm kind of excited about it um, little by little we're, we're learning and changing and, uh, and so forth so uh, as, as we have community Shabbats uh, you may notice that um, we've, we've got some things in place uh, and they're, they're maybe not there just for you now but others uh, uh, they may be also there for us so uh, pray for us that we would be diligent and that we would uh, take these in what I consider to be godly steps steps that would be taken and not untaken I'd like to constantly move forward on this uh, in the end, that since as God should uh, have it for the current time, uh, I'm the only man in the community that can truly keep Shabbat. Um, well, darn it, maybe I ought to be the only guy in the community that is keeping Shabbat, rather than being the only guy that could keep Shabbat. So, um, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. More than that, my wife is excited. And uh, second opportunity for prayer. It looks like I've got a minute and 40 seconds. Um, my daughter, uh, I think I mentioned last week, um, has uh, brought herself to a position of uh, needing to examine her decisions um, is in a uh, quiet time now with our family and uh, for the next 30 days she'll be uh, spending a great deal of time with my wife and I uh, to re-educate herself on the fundamentals of our faith and how they compare to the liberal version. Are there many ways to God or is there one way to God. Should we all express our views and everybody's right in what they say? Or is there really a moral standard of right and wrong? And we understand what that standard is and who provides it.
Um, so if I, I think most of you men pray each morning, I would covet your prayers and ask you to pray for my daughter and for me, uh, that I would have wisdom and not be an idiot, and that she would be receptive to uh, learn or perhaps relearn some of these uh, fundamentals uh, so that she, at the end of these 30 days, she can make a decision of which worldview is most appropriate. Um, it turns out that the uh, challenge for me is not to express so much what our or my worldview is, but rather, what's wrong with the other worldview? Uh, and I find that just a bit more of a challenge uh, without creating a straw man uh, or uh, making stuff up out of whole cloth. So um, I don't, I don't have any other friends. I don't, I don't, I don't have any other men that would pray for me. Avina Malkano, I pray for the Scucciarini household. I pray that you give tremendous strength and tremendous encouragement, tremendous love and joy to this actual house and among the family members, both that are in the household and that have that live outside of the household. I pray for the decision to be more observant of Shabbos, and I pray that that is honored and that it's easy to do uh, because it's such a joy. I also pray for the decision um, of Joseph and to sit down with his daughter and examine tough areas of life that involve real people and real emotions and real questions and that need real answers and pray that there's much wisdom, much time, much prayer and that you guide every conversation that's had so that ultimately the truth may be known um, and that no questions cause unnecessary barriers between family members but that just the love of you, Hashem, is what is the result and the fruit. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you. Uh, I am grateful for you, man. If you'd like a glass of wine with me, I'd love to have one with you. God bless you. Amen.